You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com Welcome to the fourth hour of the Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. And Today we're going to be talking about one of those classic elite meetings, those steering committee level meetings that we've been covering so consistently in the last several years from many, many books. Uh, this is, I guess, going on over two years now of hosting the fourth hour of Alex Jones. And so really honored and really happy to be here. Uh, I love doing this. I love talking about boiling down these topics. <clears throat> And we want to know the history of Bilderberg because it's going on right now in Lisbon, Portugal. And what's wild is that this year, it's it's beginning to really be kind of talked about in mainstream media. Not every mainstream media outlet, but I noticed CNBC, Fox News, they're all covering Bilderberg this year. And they're talking about the 130 or so participants who are this year all from the realm of AI. So we have CEOs from all of the big uh, open AI, from Google, Microsoft. Eric Schmidt, these kinds of characters. And a lot of these people have, have gone to Bilderberg before. <clears throat> and this is important because uh, I, and I, the way I see it, the AI thing is really being pushed lately, uh, ultimately as part of a kind of a propaganda thing. Now, I'm not saying that there's not AI, but I don't think that AI is uh, anything like what it's usually sold as, as this thing that's going to take over the world per se, and we're gonna you know, be slaves to the bots and uh, our consciousness will be uploaded. That's a delusion that some of these tech elites, who I kind of think are probably, they're part of like a tech elite cult, some of these people. And uh, you know, I remember Alex was covering Bilderberg, obviously he's covered it for many years, but back in about 2015, 16, 17, they started switching over and handing over Bilderberg to the tech gurus. <clears throat> and uh, if we think about Kissinger, he wrote a book called The uh, World Order. And the last chapter of that book, Kissinger's book from a few years ago was, it's time to, to bequeath our era to the tech overlords. Whoever runs AI and tech, Kissinger says, will run the new world order. And so in the same way, uh, we, we've seen this shift to the tech gurus heading to Bilderberg and kind of being the face of it now, whereas it used to be a whole gathering of a lot of different uh, CEOs and a lot of different corporations. And I've got some um, books I just read, in fact, the past week on the history of these steering groups, particularly the classic from Patrick Wood and Anthony Sutton. If you know, we've covered uh, Professor Anthony Sutton's books many times, but 
There's a great book that they wrote together back in the 1970s called Trilaterals Over Washington. And the reason that's a good book, even though it's kind of dated, is that it gives us an idea of the planning and what the strategies were for the Trilateral Commission, which is where we get Bilderberg. Bilderberg is basically the same people that go to Trilateral, right? The planning that they were up to in the 1970s, a lot of that has rolled out. So if we know what they were planning in the late 70s, early 80s at Trilateral Commission meetings and at Bilderberg meetings, and that has rolled out now, then what are we expecting in the next, say, 15 years? Right? What's the planning that these people have? Well, we know now that it's completely transitioned over to this whole transhumanist Skynet control model, right? That's what we get with the AI focus here at Bilderberg, which again is now being reported on by Fox News. And that's worth mentioning because, you know, I remember listening to, uh, I first heard about Bilderberg maybe in 2004. And I remember it was the spotlight and it was, uh, uh, you know, that outlet together with Alex and others and, and Daniel Esselin that would go and report and they would cover it live and make a big deal about it. And that was good because no other outlet back then would really focus on it. Every now and then you would have people, I think Charlie Skellington in the UK, they would, uh, they would every now and then kind of get articles out in the mainstream, but it was still very hush hush, uh, very rare that you would see much coverage. And all the way up until the, uh, a few years ago, you were crazy if you talked about it even existing. It didn't even exist. And then of course, as information, the internet, right, the way the internet is, it's kind of hard to keep a lot of that kind of stuff on the down low. Uh, they just sort of saying, oh yeah, of course, yeah, sure it exists, but it's great. And why do you hate it, bigot? Yeah. Why do you hate <laughs> that all the leaders of the Fortune 100, Fortune 500, the top uh, you know, government officials uh, are attending these meetings? Why do you care? Why are you a racist, bigot? That's the kind of response you would get. And again, it's just an admission, right? It's a gaslighting that they used to do. And now it's, oh, of course it exists. But what's the history of this thing? Where does it come from? And you might be surprised to know uh, that it actually comes from a former member of the SS, Prince Bernhard of the Netherlands, who is one of the uh, co-founders together of Bilderberg with David Rockefeller and others. We'll get to that in a minute. But it also overlaps with this... Uh, 70s creation of the Trilateral Commission, which was a creation of Rockefeller and Kissinger together for Zbigniew Brzezinski. So when Brzezinski wrote his treatises like Between Two Ages in 19, early 1970s, which really caught the attention of the establishment, they said that guy put him in charge of something. He needs to be running a steering committee because he's written this book in the 70s talking about earthquake weapons, talking about geoengineering, talking about mind control, talking about mutating people, talking about Skynet. Literally, it's all in Brzezinski's famous Between Two Ages book. And we've covered that a million times, but it's worth noting because these are the people who are really creating the steering committee groups and meetings that are semi-secret. They're not totally secret. They're semi-secret. That discuss, debate, and plan policy. So, you know, people say these things, oh, you think they're all getting together and planning the future? If they did, it would come out. It has. <laughs> it has come out. One of those is called Bilderberg. And there are many, many books about it. And we've been talking about it. My publisher has a book on it. Daniel Lesson. I just did an interview with Daniel Lesson the other day. And uh, we talked about the history of these entities and how they relate to the Vatican Bank scandal and Operation Gladio. Well, it, this is no different. This is a high-level corporate control. And if we go back to the founding of the Council on Foreign Relations, again, by Rockefeller family, individual, connected individuals, and 
banking elites. 1921, we see the founding of the Council on Foreign Relations, and its job was to be sort of the analog to the British Royal Society circles and establishment, right? Royal Institute for National Affairs, uh, Milner Group, Roundtable Group, that circle within circle model of steering committees becomes the model for the US in its version of it when there's an alliance between the Royal Society elite in the UK and the American oligarchic establishment, Rockefellers, JP Morgan, Chase, Vanderbilts. And the goal was to come up with a way to have a kind of a, a an above government level steering committee group that would hand down policy to the elected officials. And if you're wondering why in the US things always seem to march in the direction of more and more tyranny and they never change, it's because of this. It's because the elected leaders aren't really calling the shots. They have a limited degree of power, but they ultimately submit to people above them who are part of this open, semi-secret, hidden in plain sight bypassing of government entity known as the Council on Foreign Relations. Now, within this CFR group, they've set up different sort of levels and tiers of that as well. Trilateral Commission, as we said, is a bunch of the same people that go to Bilderberg, but it's just another higher level committee. And that one, as we said, was set up in the 70s and run by uh, Brzezinski at the decision of David Rockefeller and Henry Kissinger. And so the way it works is that these entities decide policies and they hand it down to the government and the government does what they're told. So out of the Council on Foreign Relations, which again, these are all the Fabian socialist ideologically minded people for the most part, this is where we get the entities like the, the, the uh, United Nations eventually being set up in 1944. This is where we get Bilderberg and Trilateral. So they come out of this CFR group. The early heads of the CIA, OSS and CIA heads, typically they're from the Council on Foreign Relations. So again, you can begin to see that people say, oh, which one runs everything? You're saying it's that one. What about the other one? No, it's all of these people are in the same groups. All right. If you uh, have seen that graph, that classic graph that shows all the people that go to Bilderberg are the same people that go to Trilateral, which are the same people in the CFR. Right, there's a famous graph. It's been seen, shown a million times. Uh, it's a great image de demonstrating this point, showing that this is how it works. It's called a revolving door. So people that are in government also work in these things. When they leave government, they go to Fortune 100, Fortune 500, and then sometimes they come back to government, right? And it's a revolving door. But it's the same with these committees. One guy goes to Bilderberg, then he goes to the CFR meeting, then he goes to the trial order. So it's the same stuff, same people. And they all work together for the common goal of global governance. This is the Alex Jones Show. Don't go anywhere. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. And be sure to go to the Enforce. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, 
and fight a nutrient so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and body extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. Right now, welcome back to the Alex Jones. I'm your guest host, Jay Darb, Jason Analysis. We are we are entering into the matrix. The tech is taking over. We are subjects of Skynet. We will obey our bitch bots. They are our overlord masters. This is the plan, the technocratic plan that goes all the way back to all these figures that we've been covering on the fourth hour. Bertrand Russell, H.G. Wells, Klaus Schwab, Noe Yuval Harari. It's the same coordinated plan. There is that beautiful graphic that, ex- that explains for you. Hey, look, all of the media barons that attend Trilateral attend Bilderberg and also attend the CFR. It's the same people. There's no plan for world government. If they were conspiring, we would people would know about it. Oh, they do. <laughs> it's right there. It's a graph showing you. And it even names all the media. That's just media, too, by the way. You understand? That's just people involved in tech and media. And, you know, when I was looking back at this 1970s book by Patrick Wood and Anthony Sutton, I was amazed the trilaterals over Washington. And again, and again remember, uh, Bilderberg is the same people that go to trilaterals, the same stuff. I was amazed at what they were planning back in the 1970s that they did accomplish. And so Professor Sutton and Patrick Wood begin the book by talking about the fact that it was uh, Bilderberg individuals that were involved, such as uh, the Rockefellers and so forth, that picked Brzezinski. And then that was set up to pick Carter to be the president. And if you guys remember, I think it's it's either Obama deception or Endgame. Alex actually covered a lot of this in those famous documentaries because the same model occurred not just with not just Bill Clinton, uh, but also with Barack Obama. Uh, have you seen my, uh, my wife, Michael? Right, the uh, Obama stuff was the same situation where he was missing when Bilderberg was at Chantilly, Virginia. I just did a great uh, interview this week with Jason Burmis, and shout out to Jason Burmis for reminding me about this. When Obama was first uh, running, it was they didn't know where he was. He was missing, right? We don't know uh, where Obama is this week, and he, he seems to have been at a uh, secret meeting with Hillary. They were, they were at Chantilly, Virginia at Bilderberg, and this is Again, kind of violation of U.S. laws, isn't it called the Logan Act? You're not supposed to have meetings with foreign, you know, entities in terms of the U.S. elections. Doesn't that suggest some kind of election issues, perhaps? I mean, could you imagine if Trump was like in a secret meeting with Putin or something before uh, <laughs> before he was elected? Like everybody be going crazy, right? Um, but no, in the case of the establishment, you know, if you're somebody like uh, Barack Obama and you go to Bilderberg before the 2008 uh, uh, elections, and it's okay, right? You can meet with uh, foreign corporations and elites, no big deal, nobody cares, and, and, and it's not in the news. It was actually hidden that he went to that. 
and uh, Jason Burmis was a really uh, good archivist there and in, in bringing that up and reminding me that Candy Crowley's there on the CNN clip saying, we don't know where he went, and he just seems to be hiding out with Hillary at a secret meeting. Yeah, well, they were at Bilderberg. And I think I think Alex covered that Bilderberg at Chantilly, Virginia. If I remember, this is a long, long time ago, but I remember watching Alex back in the day. I remember all that. Anyway, long story short is that you got a couple instances where, hey, we pretty much can tell that these are the people that the corporate elite chose. First of all, uh, being Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter's chosen by Bilderberg, and then he becomes president. Then we get Bill Clinton chosen uh, by David Rockefeller, clearly, clear as day. Uh, I remember watching in the 90s, like C-SPAN used to have these old, uh, they would air these old meetings from uh, CFR and, and Trilateral Commission, all this stuff. And I remember David Rockefeller, uh, I think he even like introduced at one of these meetings on C-SPAN, you know, Bill Clinton, oh, my choice my good little boy, David, uh, Bill Clinton, I'd like to introduce He would come up there and uh, give a speech. Uh, we're we're going to take over the world, globalism. I remember all that. Uh, and people could probably find those old archives, C-SPAN things. But it's weird, too, that they would broadcast the, a lot of these meetings on C-SPAN. And then people are still like, it doesn't exist. <laughs> There's no such thing. I remember when I was in college uh, in my doing my grad work. And I checked out Tragedy and Hope from the college library. This is probably this is before I read the whole thing. This is probably in uh, 2010 or 11. And I brought it to class, and I was trying to explain to the professor that I was like, you know, that this is a real thing. It's a real book. You understand? They're talking about. And he's like, Oh, you think the Trilateral Commission exists? Do you watch Glenn Beck? That's what he said. To him. I'm like. Do I think it exists? I mean, they have a website. What do you mean? Oh, do you believe everything on the internet? I'm like, don't you get your news even in 2011 from the internet? What do you mean? <laughs> it was just this weird gaslighting, and that, that's when I realized that there was no hope in the world of academic uh, academia for people that don't go along with the nonsense. But anybody who knows anything about, I mean, he, he could have walked over to the Inter International Relations Department and asked the people there, is there such a thing as the CFR? And the uh, irony of that is that we would have people from these entities come and speak at the university. We had people involved in these globalist entities come and speak. Oh, you think there's a CFR? Oh, you think there's a Trilateral Commission? You mean like Desmond Tutu and all these people that just spoke at the university. Come on. I don't remember Desmond. I mean, he's in these circles, but we had all kinds of like Bush era generals and, uh, Benazir Bhutto. She came to speak before she was assassinated. So a lot of, a lot of these people spoke at my university when I was there. And I'm like, well, of course there's a CFR that a lot of these people know they're involved in these circles. I'm not saying that Benazir Bhutto was in the CFR. I'm just saying, a lot of these elite figures is what I'm trying to say in, in, in government policy um, would speak. By the way, also, we also had Scott Ritter come speak. I remember that too many, many years ago. And I think RFK Jr. spoke uh, many, many years ago at my university as well. So it wasn't everybody totally bad, but uh, it was definitely slighted to one side. And it was weird because I remember that time period um, in the 2000s when those people were coming to speak that it was it was okay to be anti-establishment because it was all like, oh, it was painted as Bush, right? And and if you were against Bush, against Bush, I assume you were left, which is odd because not everybody against Bush. But anyway, 
Then uh, it became Obama completely destroying any actual opposition to this stuff, right? He was very effective at that uh, and basically being a neocon, but getting everybody to give up on anti-war and give up on um, questioning 9-11. That was a key uh, thing that the Obama presidency helped contribute to. And that's just weird because now the so-called left are just these sort of fanatical pro-war, pro-big corporation goons. I mean, it's like it's just so weird because I remember back, you know, in the in the early 2003, 4, 5 era when everybody in that sphere was anti-Bush and questioned 9-11. And so they did a very effective, uh, you know, cast Sunstein cognitive infiltration approach to flipping all of that into the neocon left uniparty all being basically a war party. How was that done? Well, it's done because, as we said, there's a level of control above elected leaders. And one of the easiest things to point to is CFR trilateral Bilderberg. Bilderberg's going on right now in Lisbon, Portugal. And so again, why is this a big deal? Why is the international corporate elite meeting to plan global corporate policies that are above government? Above government. You understand? That's how this works. They hand the policy to the government people. The government people say, yes, whatever you say, we will do it. We love you. We worship you. Let me lick your shoestrings. So that's how the uh, system works. This is The Alex Jones Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll get into Bilderberg in a moment. The team at Antelope Hill is proud to announce the release of a new translation. Leon de Grel in Exile by Jose Luis Jerez Reisco. Readers of The Burning Souls will already be familiar with de Grel's life before and during the Second World War, his service on the Eastern Front, and his involuntary post-war exile in Franco's Spain. This new work tells the story of his life in exile in detail, replete with first-hand accounts from Spanish nationalists and friends of de Grel. During his time in Spain, de Grel did not wallow in sadness, despite the atrocities inflicted upon him and his family by the victorious Allied powers. He stayed remarkably active in European nationalist politics and left a lasting impression on both his personal friends and those from around the European world who took inspiration from his tenacious idealism. De Grel's enduring legacy in Spain is well-deserved. Such a legacy also deserves to be spread to both sides of the Atlantic and beyond. Antelope Hill is proud to be the first to bring this unparalleled biography to the English reader. Get Leon de Grel in exile today at antelopehillpublishing.com. Yeah. 
You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay'sAnalysis.com, and we are rehearsing the history of the Trilateral Commission, the CFR, and Bilderberg. Since Bilderberg is going on right now in Lisbon, Portugal, and they are all concerned with running, steering, controlling using AI. AI is the big hot topic. Skynet, technocracy, that's what it's all about now. And it has been at Bilderberg for the last several years, uh, going back to, as we said, 14, 15, 16. Uh, they were bringing in people from big tech to really kind of focus the narrative on that. I remember Regina Dugan from DARPA, Google, they brought her in. She was there talking in, I think, 2015, 16 about bodily modification and wearables and how this was going to prepare us for the implantable chips. All of that was being discussed years ago at Bilderberg. <coughs> Here we are <coughs> uh, with the push now for uh, open elements of nanotech surveillance and all that with the last three years of the KUFID nonsense. Now, we were talking about the decision to choose certain people for uh, the presidency and how these people at Bilderberg and CFR and Trilateral, they were all really involved in picking these people. And we talked about Brzezinski being involved in the choice of Carter. So th in other words, this is a higher level corporate establishment elite choosing presidents, not the people choosing the president. That's why this matters, right? And they will do the same thing, obviously, with the other uh, branches of government, where they influence and control and try to subvert how those branches are run as well. I just did an interview, interview for example, with uh, Tim Gordon on my YouTube channel, where he went into the history of the subversion of the Supreme Court and how a lot of people were put into place there to change the notion of rights coming from God and not from the state. All of that was kind of engineered via certain appointees uh, in the last 50, 60, 70, 80 years uh, of the Supreme Court. And, you know, these key think tanks, NGOs and foundations, they pull a lot of people out of the universities, right, to be recruited into this stuff. That's the outer circle, the helper managerial class. And when we look at the, the 1970s focus and meetings, we see that they were very interested in, number one, controlling the narrative of the media. Now, that's wild because in the 1970s and early 80s, there weren't a lot of <laughs> anti-establishment voices in the media. Media was very much, you, know, you had three, three networks, Fox didn't exist yet, <clears throat> and they pretty much controlled the narrative. So it's odd to me that even then they were concerned about the control of narrative and stories in mainstream media, and Sutton and... Patrick would uh, discuss the other focus that they had, which was controlling other entities in society like unions. So apparently there was still elements of unions that were not completely under control. And they utilized a lot of the foundations that were connected with the steering committees like the Ford Foundation and Rockefeller Foundation to go in and, and take control of a lot of these uh, entities that were still not under their control. So... Um, for example, there were uh, six trilateral members that were on the board of uh, Chase Bank at that time in the 1970s. And one of the things they wanted to uh, go after was control of agriculture. This is something I didn't really know much about. I've been studying this for many, many years. And I had no idea that back in the 1970s, they were really interested in going after certain gigantic farm equipment companies, uh, John Deere, Caterpillar, General Electric, a lot of these companies that, that were involved in the production of uh, big farm 
stuff. They wanted to get into that and have control over those markets to make sure that farming was also under the control and dominance of the Trilateral Commission in Bilderberg. Now, why does that matter? Well, where are we now? Well, if you've seen the Tucker Carlson special that we did that I was in, I'm the first part of that documentary together with with Ava Vander from, <laughs> I can't pronounce the rest of her name, uh, from the Netherlands, you'll notice that she's been highlighting the control of food and control of farming. And she's, uh, you know, I think John Kerry was uh, coming out saying that it's time to take over farms in the U.S. if they won't submit to our arbitrary climate control. That's all from uh, trilateral CFR Bilderberg, right? The policies and the control plans are set there and then they're rolled out through throughout the next year through the, it trickles down, trickle down tyranny, right? From the top of these people to the rest of the corporate control. But it's just fascinating to me that I know that we, we if we go back to <clears throat> Bertrand Russell, we go back to H.G. Wells, we go back to Charles Galton Darwin, in their books from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, they talked about controlling food, but now we have the actual process uh, of how they went about getting into the food control market through the corporate 100 fortune 500 through food power and they even talked about um engineered famines and engineered logistic disruption so supply chain disruptions for the control now, all of that of course we've seen in the last three years right so the last three years we had a lot of that kind of experienced on a on a minimal scale, thank God. But controlling the supply chains, the CFR and the trilaterals, <clears throat> the Bilderbergers said in the 1970s would be key. And it's just amazing to me that uh, all of that is uh, uh, in the 1970s. Again, if you fast forward to now, if you watch that Eat the Bugs documentary from uh, the, the Tucker Carlson specials, you'll see that that's playing out right now. So the Bilderberg 70s and 80s stuff is playing out now. Say at the same time, Bilderberg uh, engineered the 1970s OPEC oil crisis, and this was a Kissinger plan that had to do with uh, establishing the the petrodollar as the world reserve currency or the focus. I know the, the dollar was already world reserve currency, but this was making it the petrodollar, and that was part of the OPEC 1970s oil crisis that was engineered by by Kissinger. But you'll notice that the same people behind all of that, you might think, well, that was giving us preeminence. That's how the dollar was. No, no, no. This is about controlling and creating engineered austerity, engineered scarcity. And Alex always talks about shutting down the Keystone Pipeline and all that. That's these people. These are the people behind that kind of stuff. And the, the book even talks about, back in the 1970s, days, staged, engineered, managed, and controlled crises, future shocks. Again, out of Tavistock, I've been talking about SRI and Tavistock. I've lectured through multiple Tavistock texts and books uh, on my YouTube channel the last uh, month. So there's probably five or six videos on there that cover Tavistock and uh, Dr. John Coleman and all that. And I just did another lecture on that, getting into the Institute for Social Research from the University of Michigan, which is all these academic weirdos and creeps, inclu including a guy, I think his name was... Uh, uh, Corden Rain Wainwright, uh, I forget his name, but one of these ISR guys, and he's like a master student uh, or uh, a psychologist behind food crises and food famine in war. So utilizing food as a weaponized form of warfare and managing crises, right? So a lot of this is crisis management, 
they talk about maladaptive process. That's a, a, a Tavistock term for how you use and manage crises to get the population that's the target steered into the direction that you want. And if you can't see that in the last three years, then there's no hope. Like you're never going to see anything. So Rockefeller Ford Foundation uh, came up in the 1970s with oil plans and this and energy market controls and that related to the seven sisters oil conglomerate and all of that 1970s oil crisis that was engineers what i'm trying to say and sutton and would note that and explain that this is an austerity goal and that it's managed by people from the club of rome like marie strong and others who have openly since the 1970s talked about creating the idea the perception not the reality, but creating the idea and the perception that human beings and climate are the problem, that humans are the pollutants. Human beings are the pollution that need to be reduced. That's all from Bilderberg and these people. You understand? It's not based on science. They request the science, which is created wholesale, to back it up. Remember when Alex was popping champagne years ago when the climate gate emails came out? because they were uh, Infowars was involved in exposing that. That's this stuff. That's these people. It's all the same people doing this, you see. Anyway, they go on to talk about massive increases in taxation for the middle class. That's a CFR Bilderberg plan from the 1970s. Has that come to pass? Well, yes, it has. Here we are. Now, I want to remind you, too, that you can support the Infowars by going to the shop over at InfoWars and getting those products, getting those t-shirts, getting those supplements. Uh, we're a big fan of a lot of those supplements. We take them uh, regularly over here. And you should go get them as well to support the InfoWar at the InfoWars store. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, theamericanfreedomparty.us. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Welcome back to the Oxygen Show. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. And if you head over to my website, you can uh, not only subscribe to my members section and get access to the archives going back many years with hundreds of lectures and talks giving you a university education or pennies on the cheap, basically a grad level education and how the New World Order really works. I want to remind you, too, that we have an upcoming live event. And if you want to come meet me, hang out with me and Owen Schroyer and many other people in the freedom sphere. You can do that by heading over to the website and you can find the links over to Rebels for Cause, the 2023 meeting in Nashville. We'll have a big two-day event there. Also, if you head over to the website, you can see the tickets and live events that are up 
for the July 6th event in California. I'll be doing a live event with uh, Jamie Kennedy from Scream. And we'll be doing comedy. We'll be doing stand-up. We'll be doing philosophy. We'll be doing all kinds of stuff, lecture there. Uh, I'll be doing presentations on my book. And my wife, Jamie, will do a presentation on her works as well in Hollywood. So it's going to be a fun time. You can get the tickets uh, uh, at the website as well. And um, back to Bilderberg, back to the Trilateral Commission and the background to that. Now, as we said, in the 1970s, they were already pushing for uh, more and more taxes, particularly on the on the uh, the middle class, which is wild because uh, it's always sold. It's, oh, well, it's, we got to tax the rich, and that way we'll have a more fair setup, a fair economy. Of course, it's never the case because the people pushing for more taxation are usually the 0.01% that are pushing taxation for the middle and upper middle class, who are the people who the engine of the economy and actually have the the businesses and employ people and that's just a way to squeeze out and ensure that there's no upward mobility by design so it's a big scam it's a big trick and uh they talked about in this uh, 1970s tax also the plan to further increase the u.s uh, debt and move further away from i think they were already this is around the time of a few years after the nixon shock doctrine of getting away from the gold standard that was also a cfr trilateral bilderberg plan and so you can begin to see that hey pretty much everything that's moving us in this terrible direction is directed by these people exactly because it's a plan and it's not just a single plan with one person at the top of it it's a plan that's planned over many decades and over many even uh century quarter century and one of those entities is, of course, the Bilderberg Group. And we were talking about the origins and the, the background to this group. And, of course, it's also people from uh, the – where's my David Rockefeller book? i got to have my, my memoirs here, right? David Rockefeller talks about this in his memoirs and, and how proud he was of setting this up. And it's in that chapter that I'm sure many of this audience are aware of. But it's always good to, to remind everybody that – this is the chapter called The Proud Internationalist, the, the chapter that's about the establishment, establishment of a global governance, right? And David Rockefeller, of course, has a history, uh, had a history of intelligence work, and he talks about in this book and in other books that he was very uh, proud of this time because it was able, he was able to establish a lot of networks for his future endeavors and his future private foundations. And he says that um, I'm a proud internationalist that a lot of people talk talk bad about this. And he says that I call these people populists because they care about people. He says, uh, no, um, the, the real goal here, he says, is that he says, predictably, there was a photo that came out of me and it was they called me the capitalist and the communist. And that's because, of course, he had written these uh, New York Times editorials praising Mao Zedong. We've covered this a million times. But even he talks about it and says, that, yeah, they talked about me this way. And he says that, you know, but it's not that big of a deal because really uh, people say, oh, you work for a secret cabal. And he says, no, I don't work for a secret cabal. It's a public cabal. <laughs> he says, I'm proud of it. It's no secret cabal. And he says that people thought that when I went and met with Castro and all these communists and talked about how great Mao was, that I'm a communist. And they said, but they couldn't figure it out because, uh, 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 you know, I'm a zillionaire, but I'm not a cop. But why am I supporting communism? And again, it's because communism has always been a movement supported by very wealthy people. The Bolshevik Revolution, as uh, Professor Sutton writes about, was funded by the wealthiest people in the West. 
And he says, you know, when I met with Castro and I when I met with these Soviets and these, uh, you know, dictators, when we put uh, Chase Bank on, in in China under uh, the communists, he says that it's not a problem because they're internationalists like I'm an internationalist. He says it in this chapter. And he says, so, so do you want me to tell you the history of internationalism? He says that, well, the, all of these organi organizations that my family has been instrumental in helping to set up and support, such as the United Nations, the World Trade Organization, International Monetary Fund, NAFTA. He says that all of this, including my family's co basic creation of the CFR, he says all of these were to combat American isolationism. And if you listen to my lectures that I just did on the Tavistock books, Coleman says that isolationism is a weaponized term invented by Tavistock to demonize anybody that didn't want to be involved in all these entanglements. David Rockefeller says that we set up the CFR to transition America away from independence and isolation into being an engine of the tool of these people, global interests. And he even talks about, yeah, we we utilize people like John Foster Dulles and the Dulleses at this time who were uh, neutral <laughs> in the question of Nazi Germany. So it's not even about the moral things that everybody brings up. Well, we had to fight in World War II because of, you know, we had to fight the dictators. Well, he's saying that the people that he allied himself with and utilized, like John Foster Dulles, they didn't care about, they were actually pro-Nazi. They were involved in Operation Paperclip. So it's not even about the moral things that everybody's always harping about. I'm saying at this level, right, the level of these people doing the chessboard, Brzezinski's ran chess, it's not about the moral issues that everybody thinks it was about. Then he goes on to say, well, how do we, set, how do we get us to this engine of globalism in America? And he says, well, I set up a bunch of uh, institutes and, and, and steering committees. He says, I, set, I helped set up Bilderberg. He says, uh, and uh, together with another Nazi, SS uh, Prince Bernhard of the Netherlands, he says, we were able to help set up this corporate control. We utilized people like uh, Etienne d'Avignon in the 1970s. They came to Bilderberg. Uh, people from all the Fortune 100. So he just goes on and on and on talking about this. And he, and he even talks about uh, connections to Vatican individuals and Opus Dei and the CIA. That's in his own chapter in his book. And how that was all connected to uh, changing institutions, changing them towards these globalist interests. Uh, it's an amazing chapter. I mean, it, it, the book is worth it just for the chapter on proud internationalism and the creation and establishment of Bilderberg. He talks about the choosing of uh, Jimmy Carter in the 1970s. That was uh, Bilderberg was involved in that. He talks about setting up Brzezinski there. He talks about working with Brookings Institute, Ford Foundation. Um, Harvard University to set up these globalist institutions. And he said that, you know, it's funny because there was a president who one time said one time that he thought he might challenge the Trilateral Commission, Bilderberg. And remember, those are the same things, right? So trilateral might have been, it might have been easier to talk about the Trilateral Commission in the 1980s, I guess. He said uh, one time Reagan said that he would go against trilateral. And he, uh, that didn't work out too good for him. <laughs> right? so, I mean, David Rockefeller's not saying that he had uh, Reagan shot, but he's saying that it didn't work out when uh, Ronald Reagan tried to speak against our new world order. 
And then he ends the chapter by saying what I was just telling you that. He said, my time as an intelligence officer in World War II gave me the effectiveness I needed to develop the networks to create uh, circles in, of, of influence. He says a lot of people think that this was some kind of a conspiracy. He's like, it's just, it's not really a conspiracy because it's not hidden. So he's not denying that he's conspiring. He's saying it's not a secret conspiracy. It's an open one. And the whole damn chapter is about that and says that. And it's amazing to me because, you know, over the years, anytime I meet people who are, uh, you know, just really nasty deniers of anything like this, it doesn't exist, you're making it up, you're crazy. And I bring, up, I bring out this chapter and the mental gymnastics and the coping that people uh, engage in are, are just uh, next level. It's wild. Oh, yes. Uh, well, he says that, but it's a good thing. Oh, uh, well, it's just, the, I mean, he's just trying to help the world. Well, he says in this chapter that it's about establishing population control. He says that. He says that ultimately all of these entities have as one of their key goals the control of population. And I think from his vantage point, if you don't see that, he says he basically has the attitude that, well, if you're too stupid to even see that we're up to this, then you deserve it. That's his attitude, right? So I want to remind you guys, too, if you want access to uh, my books, you can support me over at the website. I have the shop. You can get my 600-page book here, all of my geopolitical, theological, philosophical writings in the infamous red book at jasonalysis.com. You can also still get my classics, Esoteric Hollywood 1 and 2, signed copies in the shop. People always say, will you sign the books? Every book from the website is signed. If you get it from Jeff Bezos, he's not going to sign it. I will sign it. I will sign my books at jasonalysis.com. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, the American Freedom Party, US. You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. All the viewers of this broadcast, all the listeners have a decision to make. Are you going to support outlets that are defending freedom and who are fearlessly taking on the New World Order at Point Blank Ranch? That is a decision you have to make because it is the funding of this operation that allows not just myself, but my guests, my callers, and all the information we lay out to be available to the public. We make it easy to support the broadcast. My dad is a dentist and oral surgeon. He's come up with many great products over the years that the viewers and listeners love. And because of funding problems and supply chain breakdowns, in the last eight, nine, 10 months or so, we've not had two of our best-selling products available but they're finally back in stock, but limited runs. We have the essential oil filled activated charcoal toothpaste. It doesn't have any fillers. It's so good for your gums, so good for your teeth, so good for your body. Back in stock, 
at InfoWarsStore.com. The activated charcoal toothpaste. Go to the site, read about all the essential oils, all the amazing things that are in it, and then hopefully get a tube. Because once you try it, I know you're going to love it. You'll become a repeat customer, and that keeps us on the air while also enriching your life. Also, this has been sold out for over a year. But they did a limited run of it. It's finally back in stock. Super Coral Whitening Toothpaste. This is a high-end, healthy, natural tooth whitening toothpaste. It polishes your teeth. It's so good for your gums, so good for your mouth. Now back in stock, limited run, InfoWarsStore.com. There are only 10,000 tubes of this, the charcoal toothpaste, and 10,000 tubes of the tooth whitening. That's a limited run. Normal run, 20,000 tubes. We sell it in about six months. We're gonna take the profit from this and buy a bigger ship in the future so we can continue to give you great products and stay on the air. So it's an information war. Thanks to you, we're still on air. In fact, we've clawed our way back from being shut down on the verge of being shut down to staying on air. But if you don't go to InfoWarsTore.com and get these great products, we will be shut down. So the future of InfoWars is in your hands. I very humbly, as I always do, thank you and appreciate you and you're amazing, your prayer, your word of mouth, and your financial support. Go to InfoWarsTore.com, the coral calcium tooth whitening and the activated charcoal, both have essential oils, both are really high in toothpaste, so the best out there and the fun the info war. The only way we lose is you not taking action. So again, please go to InfoWarsTore.com. Also, while you're there, get X3, get Turbo Force, get Ultimate Krill Oil. A lot of amazing products that have been sold out for a long time are finally back in stock, like Ultimate Bone Broth, Concentrated, Chicken Broth, so good for your immune system and body, with the turmeric, the chaga mushroom, the bee pollen, and more. They're all back in stock at InfoWarsTore.com. Thank you for your support. The Occidental Quarterly fills a unique niche in bringing together scholarly articles on a wide range of topics that are mired in political correctness elsewhere. It is edited by Professor Kevin McDonald, who's no stranger to listeners of the political cesspool. There are quite a few reasons for the precarious state of our civilization and our people. But one of the main ones is that we have lost the intellectual and moral high ground to a cultural elite that is hostile to our people and our culture. Those of us who are politically aware must understand that the elites dominating culture and the political process in the West are intellectually and morally bankrupt. TOQ is the key. Digital download subscriptions are only $30 a year. Subscriptions by first-class mail are only $60 a year. Go to toqonline.com and click on subscribe now. In addition to receiving fascinating and informative articles, you will also be supporting the work of scholars who are part of a community defending our people and our culture with the highest level of integrity and intellectual sophistication. That's toqonline.com. Subscribe now. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com.